0: Welcome to The Kingstonian, a podcast that profiles individuals who are passionate about what they do for a living, about what organization they belong to, or simply passionate about the community they are a part of. Hello there and welcome. My name is Dave Cunningham. In this episode, we pay tribute to one of our own. A young Kingstonian who got his start calling Golden Gale football here on CFRC back in the 70s became one of the first six journalists hired by TSN and spent 20 years hosting a provincial radio news program in Alberta. His name was Peter Watts and he passed away in January after a brief illness. We reminisce with his brother Paul. Paul, welcome to the program.
1: Thank you so much.
0: We're here to talk about your late brother. And before I go any further, sorry for your loss. Thank you. Uh, Peter is somebody that I knew from um, my time and his time here at CFRC. Peter Watts is uh, who we're talking about. And Peter Watts was a student at Queen's University around the same time I was. So we knew each other from here. And then we both ended up at CKWS in town doing different things. But my memories of Peter go back to a time when we were students and we were both, we both ended up working in the extrusion department at Alcan when Alcan had plants here.
1: So do you remember those days? Yeah, very much so. Um, uh, matter of fact, one of the years that he was there, I was there as well. Really, okay. my uh, my recollection of the um, of the old paint line uh, was uh, great. Paycheck, not not fussy on the hours, but uh,
0: <laughs> and not too much to do most uh, yeah, of the
1: time. Not much to do most of the time. But Peter, uh, he spent at least three summers that I know of. Um, one in in extrusion, and um, I think there was. One on the one on the paint line, I think, and then one in the office.
0: Now, Peter, you and Peter, and your sister Linda, all grew up here. Yep. Downtown
1: Reddendale. Yep.
0: So take us through his education.
1: Well, he, he spent his first eight years at uh, Robert Gordon Sinclair School out in Reddendale. And uh, uh, there he really got the gift of the gab. So that was to pay dividends down the road. Mm-hmm. From there, he went to Frontenac High School. Now, uh, when we were talking about this the other day, I'm I'm not sure if it was called Collins Bay High School when he was there the first oh, really? year, Okay. because it, it used to be called Collins Bay and was changed to Frontenac shortly after. Okay, um, and I I would have to uh, when we get out to Calgary. Um, Next month, I'm going to go and look at his yearbooks to find out uh, if one of those years was Cal- uh, Collins Bay Secondary. But anyway, he put in five years there. Uh, back then, uh, grade thirteen was a yeah uh, to go to grade thirteen. It yep. was uh, it was one of the years, uh, and uh, he managed football and basketball, worked the student council. Um, so uh, with that, he was he was mostly an off the court, off the field type of person. You know, he wasn't he wasn't a strong athlete, but liked athletics enough to get involved. Mm-hmm. And uh so he managed the football team, both the senior and the junior, managed the uh the guys uh, basketball teams and uh had his hand in the student council and of course they set up uh you know the the um, um all of the rallies for football and basketball and uh, any banquets that were going on any dances that were happening you know anything that had to do with the uh, uh, the school as a whole he was a piece of that so peter finishes
0: school at Frontex secondary and then does he jump right to queens or yeah. there's a step between
1: from from there he goes to queens and enrolls in commerce um, that didn't agree with him. Uh, so he
0: must, that would have been 68.
1: Something like that. Yeah. Cause yeah. I
0: enrolled in commerce in 68 and okay. didn't agree with me either.
1: Funny. Yeah. So then uh, that following year he decided, well, I've always wanted to get involved in, in radio or TV or both. And he went to a place in Toronto called Career Academy that was run by, as, as memory serves me right, it was run by CBC um, professionals mm-hmm. who had people in there teaching them the role of how to be a broadcaster, how to be a journalist, all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, for both radio and for TV. and of course back then it's all you know it's all pretty new. Um, Peter had a picture, um, which is in his condo in Calgary, of his graduation. And um, I looked at all of the names. I I don't recognize any name that I have heard or seen uh, in the uh, in the journalists or broadcasting uh, Mm -hmm. industry. But um, I would, you know, he'd have to do a little bit more homework. But I didn't recognize any names. But Peter um, obviously utilized that six months and uh, decided that uh, when he came back to Queens and enroll in a history politics course, that uh, this was something he wanted to do on a regular basis.
0: Now, not only did he get involved in calling the Golden Gale football games from CFRC back then, but he also got involved in managing the teams here too, didn't he not? Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. he was involved with, uh, with the hockey, with the football, and I believe the, uh, the basketball as well for a season or two.
0: So that's something he enjoyed doing was not only the the on air side but but helping the team move forward
1: yeah and i mean it's 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 quite uh it's kind of ironic the way we fall down the line together because mm-hmm. uh, Peter uh, at the end of his career was working for chorus entertainment well I'm working for chorus entertainment <laughs> doing color for the Frontenac's. And people that didn't know that, I, I, you know, I was talking to Jim Van Horn uh, here in Kingston on the last Saturday at the at the service, and he he wasn't aware of that, and thought, my gosh, how how diff how different is that? How funny is that that? Oh yeah, you two would walk. That kind of a path together, because usually brothers don't do that, no, and I you know and neither one of us were were uh, you know the true athletes, mm-hmm. so I think we both recognized early on that uh, if we wanted to be involved in sports, it would have to be uh, behind the scenes and that that was quite agreeable to both of us mm-hmm.
0: now in the interests of uh, trying to get as much in as we can during the next part of the program here the um his journey from the university takes him to CKWS in town and to CKLC as well. So uh, for those of you who uh, may have forgotten those call letters, uh, CKLC is the chum. Actually, it's Bell Media stationed in in town. Uh, so he was doing uh, working at both, or he did work at both. Yeah, different times, obviously. Yeah. So at some particular point, he gets the call or applied. How did he get out to Edmonton, which was his next stop?
1: Yeah. Well, he um, he did he did the news, weather, and sports at CKWS. That's where where he started after he left Queens. And then about a year and a half after he was doing that, he got an opportunity to move over to CKLC Radio and do what they called Kingston Today, which Mm -hmm. was a show that he wrote and produced and um, seemed to be pretty successful. Well, here's where it gets a little hazy. Somewhere along the way, um, it would have been mid to late 70s, uh, he heard through the grapevine that CBC Sports was coming to Ottawa to interview a gentleman for a spot they had open for CBC in Edmonton. And when Peter heard about it, thought, this sounds pretty interesting, Mm -hmm. how do I get involved? So he made a few inquiries and got to the person that was going to be coming east. And uh, Peter said, okay, um, what's it going to take for me to get an interview? And a guy said, uh, "Basically, bring me a tape, a photo, and a resume." Um, turns out, Peter got hired, and the other guy probably didn't. And the other guy didn't. So that was that was a really. I'm sitting in the right place at the right time, and I had enough moxie to go after it. And he um, he was fortunate enough to get hired. And it's
0: interesting too because you think of people who. Focus on one particular aspect of their broadcasting career, whether it's the DJ behind the mic playing records or CDs or whatever, or a sportscaster who is doing play by play. But it sounds like Peter is working the first few years of his career, trying to get as varied an experience, uh, at different kinds of media to make him more, uh, uh desirable in the minds of uh, future employers.
1: Yeah, no question. Um, he um, he was a pretty good writer. Um, so when he sat down to write a story, he could cut to the chase, write the story, get the point across without writing half a book in order to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you learn pretty quickly. And I think obviously that six months of radio TV broadcasting school really set him up for... What was going to happen down the road? Mm-hmm. So um, when he did an interview, um, you know he he would be asked a question. He would answer the question. He right. wouldn't, you know, would devote more time to by you know talking about something else. Yeah, it was here is the question and here is my answer.
0: Right. So he gets out to CBC Edmonton and they're doing primarily sports out there. Yeah, he was okay.
1: hired by CBC Sports in Edmonton um, at the same time John Wells uh, joined CBC. Right, And John was from uh, a a broadcasting background as well from Winnipeg. So they they pretty much started at the same time. So at some particular
0: point, TSN decides that they are going to establish a sports network. So Peter gets involved right at the very beginning. Yeah. He was one of the original.
1: He was one of the first six people to, uh, first six broadcasters to come on board. Uh, so in 1984, when they uh, started the station, uh, they, TSN thought, you know, if we're going to do this, we're going to need some experienced people to be front and center. Right. So they went all across Canada looking for people and they had, I think Mark Brown was one and Jim Van Horn was one. Peter was one, John Wells. So, so CBC sports actually lost Peter and John Wells almost on the same time. Mm-hmm. And uh, they came east to Toronto, and uh, in 1984, when TSN opened up, there they were.
0: And he got a lot of varied experience working for TSN.
1: Unbelievable amount. I mean, just to take a step back to to the CBC, talk about being in the right place at the right time. The Oilers were winning five Stanley Cups. The Eskimos were winning Grey Cups. The, you it was a great place to be if you were a sports fan in mm-hmm. in Canada and uh so he got lots of exposure there both on air and in the field and that just uh that just that helped him big time when he came east to go uh to go to uh, TSN
0: now at some particular point, he decided that he wanted to uh, to move to something else, and ended up for a good chunk of his career working in Calgary.
1: Yeah, yeah. He um, he, he was at the time approached by his bosses who wanted to uh, get him off the air. They were they were thinking it's time we go a little bit younger. Uh, we need more women. We need more minorities. And you know, rightfully so. Yeah, uh, I, I, you know that that's a that's something that we're seeing a lot of in a lot of walks of life. That's right. And um, so, uh, you know, they they thought enough of him to offer him management position, and he just got thinking about it. And the more he thought about it, the more he said, "I don't want to be pushing a pencil in an office all day long." Mm-hmm. He said, "I I really and truly want to be involved." Um, front and center with the broadcast aspect or the journalist aspect. Mm-hmm. So there was a, there was a young lady in Calgary at the time, Teresa Hergert, and she seemed to want more airtime. So she came east and Peter went west.
0: And then he went working for Chorus.
1: And then he started, uh, he left TSN shortly after he got out to Calgary. I'm not exactly sure of timelines there, but I think he was still doing a little work for them for a year or a year and a half. And then he joined the Stampeders, and he worked for them for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, while he's doing that, he's emceeing the odd banquet at the University of Calgary. So, you know, when you, when you look back at all the things he's done, um, he was good at a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was the type of person that could stand up in front of uh, 200 strangers and let's talk. Right. And um, he was very informed. He read all the time. Um, a lot of a lot of people today don't understand the concept about if you listen and don't speak, it's amazing at what you can learn. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think uh, I think Peter took that to heart because uh, if there was a if there was a time for him to to have an opinion and give his opinion, then so be it. But he learned an awful lot from others who. Uh, you know, he used some of it and didn't use all of it.
0: Mm-hmm. Paul, before we started talking uh, recording this particular program we talked about, it was almost like a double life that Peter led when every Christmas he would come back home to spend some time with you and your sister over the holidays and reacquaint himself with some friends that he had here and there in the eastern part of the country but you didn't really have a clue as to uh, who he was really way back out west in Calgary and in Edmonton.
1: Yeah, no it, and, you know, when you're involved in, um, the media, uh, and you're involved in the level that he was, we knew he walked a different path mm-hmm. where we didn't, uh, have any clue as to what was going on until we got out there when he was sick. And we found such an outpouring of, of condolences and, get wells and pe- just people who, who knew him respected him and thought an awful lot of them. And I think it was the numbers that really blew us away. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you get a phone call from the mayor, when you get a phone call from Rachel Notley, when there's somebody that's, you know, in the, in the background, that's, uh, that is very influential. Um, the service in Kingston, prime prime example, at the end of John Wells' speech, he pulled out a message, an email, and uh, read the email and signed Wayne Gretzky. Mm-hmm. So you, you you look at stuff like that and you think, well, you know, he would meet all these people. There's no question. But how how involved was he? Well, it's just, you know, he could pick the phone up and talk to most of these people. And you know
0: well, with your career in hockey broadcasting here in town, that you will meet a lot of people, and some of them may be celebrities or people that are high profile. And you may remember your conversation, but nine times out of ten, and not just you or me or anybody else, but it's not very often that they remember you years down the road.
1: Yeah, for sure. And it
0: sounds like Peter was one of those guys.
1: Peter was one of those guys. Uh, You know, he could... uh, he could walk into McMahon stadium or uh, or the uh or, or the uh, stampede and um uh you know people would come up to him shake his hand and say i i know you from somewhere and i'm not just exactly sure and he would look at him and say jim how are you I haven't seen you since uh you know, uh, the, the uh, great Cup from five years ago, uh, and he would name them. And everybody would be so floored that he could actually remember all this stuff.
0: Before we run out of time, I have to talk to you about the infamous Rolodex. Now, at the celebration of life, which I was honored to attend uh, on the 23rd, almost everybody who got up there talking about Peter talked about the Rolodex, and the Rolodex was there and the names that uh, were being thrown around as to whose name and phone number were in the rolodex
1: oh yeah and i mean it it's it got to be really comical and uh uh we, we knew about the rolodexes but it was kind of it was in the back of our minds it wasn't something that we were thinking about until we got out there and uh um uh, the gentleman who um who put the um video tribute together who was his cameraman for 35-plus years, mm-hmm. uh, Don Metz. And uh, one of the young ladies that uh, came to TSN in 1987, Lisa Bose, who was a lifesaver uh, when we arrived in Calgary, set us up with the funeral people and, and uh, drove us all over creation to get things done and was the social media butterfly. Uh, letting people know how things were going and when things were going weren't going so well, and uh, so those those people. And it, it was funny because I I looked one day at the uh, Rolodex and I I looked at Lisa and I said, "Lisa, you're in Peter's Rolodex. You are a somebody."
0: Who else was in that Rolodex? Throw oh, out A couple of names.
1: Oh, there was, um, well, Scott Moore from TSN, mm-hmm. um, uh, Ernie Afagannis from CB is uh, from CBC. Who Peter did uh, Blue Jays games with. Muhammad
0: Ali's name was in
1: there? Uh, That's what somebody said. Possibly, but I didn't see it. John Madden? Uh, John Madden was there. Football coach from the States? Yeah. Yeah. Um, There was uh, Brian Burke. Oh, there was just, there was, there's a list of them a mile long. I mean, he probably has, he had two Rolodexes and there's probably 500 names and, and numbers in there. But the other thing was he kept a handwritten notebook. Uh, which he used as his telephone directory. It's probably half an inch thick. It goes back to Frontenac secondary school days. (laughs) Um, It's sitting in his condo, which we're going to bring home. Oh, yeah. And, uh, I I mean, I looked at some of the names there, and uh, uh, unbelievable, just unbelievable.
0: We are going to uh, wrap up the show. Um, There's a a GoFundMe page that's been set up. Can you give us the details on how to contact that page? What's it under?
1: Yeah. uh, The best way to do it would be to go to McGinnison Holloway Funeral Home Mm -hmm. um, and then go over to the search bar and type in Peter Watts. Uh, His picture will come up at the bottom of that uh, obituary. There's a GoFundMe uh, Address. address. Click on that. And you can add to the total that's already there. And I can't say enough about uh, Don Metz and Lisa Bose, who have got this set up. So basically... Um, What's once, the money for? Once a year, uh, uh, we're going to look after the books and the money for, for one new journalist, okay. broadcast journalist to go to college.
0: Okay, so that's what the money is going for. Yeah. To finance the year's education for journalists. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. We have run out of time on the program, and I appreciate you coming in and talking to us about your brother, who's one of those few people who have left CFRC and uh, done us proud in his career. All the best to you, and thanks again.
1: Thank you very much. It was most rewarding.
0: Theme music for the program is Stasis Oasis, a tune written and performed by Kingston musician Jim Aylesworth. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions about any of our episodes, please send a note to the Kingstonian Podcast Facebook page. This is Dave Cunningham from Kingston, Ontario. Thank you for listening. Until next time.